warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program. Britannia, a very British podcast about very British movies with just a hint of professionalism. Hi, Scott here. With me for this episode is Stephen. Good morning. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm oh, very well. Should it be a very bloody good morning to you? <laughs> bloody bastard good morning, <laughs> I think is the idea. Yeah. Those should, we, that, should I explain that bit? I, I, think I think we need to, otherwise people think we're being horrendously sort of racist here. Go on, mate. What are we on about? Uh, well, we're reviewing East is East, as anybody who last, uh, listened to the previous episode I was on will know. Mm. Um, and um, one thing, uh, along with everything else we can talk about the film, is one thing I'd forgotten about yep. was how much swearing there was yes. in the film. And uh, chiefly mm-hmm. from the um, elderly main character, um, uh, Pakistani Muslim gentleman yep. here, over here in England, um, and uh, basically everything and anything is bastard this and bloody that. <laughs> so... Punctuation at its best, isn't it? <laughs> I actually, doing a little bit of research after the, watching the movie last night, there is such a thing as Pakistani English. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. No, yeah. I've, I've been um, over, you know, visiting people in Bradford and, and such like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, it's, it's sort of derived from obviously like the military service in the days of the Raj, but also there's a lot of cricketing terms as well that's brought in, you know, into the everyday language of, of what is now known as Pakistani English. It was quite fascinating, actually, because it is quite unique, the language and the and the context that it's used in, in throughout the whole movie. Let's take a short break. What we're going to do, we'll have a, a brief introduction to East is East and play the trailer, and we'll be back after this. Oh, East is East and West is West, and never the twain shall meet. The opening line to Rudyard Kipling's famous poem, The Ballad of East and West. Damien O'Donnell has a brief resume listed on IMDb as a director, and it's fair to say that the highlight of this CV is undoubtedly tonight's review, East is East from 1999. The film was based on a stage play, which opened three years earlier at the Birmingham Repertory Theatre, before moving on to the Royal Court Theatre two months later. The play enjoyed three sell-out London runs and an Olivier Award nomination for Best New Comedy. It is often cited as one of the key works to bring Asian culture to mainstream British audiences and it tells the story of George Khan, proud Pakistani and chip shop owner. The movie is set in Salford in the early 1970s and throughout the movie we are introduced to George's seven kids. 
As we get to know the family, we begin to realise the compromises that George has had to make throughout the years. There is Celine, a hippie who pretends to be studying engineering, but in reality is really at art school. There's Mina, the tomboy that just loves playing football, and Tariq, the heartthrob with a reputation as the local Casanova. And of course, poor old Sajid, who we discover hasn't even been circumcised yet. For George Khan, or Genghis to his kids, life is just one uphill battle as he tries desperately to get his kids to conform to traditional Pakistani values. But of course the kids have all got minds of their own, and an English mother, Ella, who was born and bred in Lancashire. We learn that the family has one disastrous arranged marriage already behind them when Nazir fled at the altar to become a milliner in Eccles. And so George plots to bring his next two sons into line by marrying them off to the daughters of Mr Shah, master butcher and proud owner of an extended home in Bradford. East is East is a hilarious and sometimes painful look at what happens when two cultures collide within one family. In the cramped terraced house that the family call home, there's little to see of indoor plumbing, and anarchy erupts on an almost daily basis. The Khan children begin to oppose their father's petty tyrannies, and their mother is forced to make a choice between the love for her husband and the right of her children to make their own ways in the world. But be prepared, this is no gentle goodness gracious me type comedy. There are glimpses into the dark side of George's beliefs and his struggles to hold on to a Pakistani way of life. So sit back, grab a cup of tea, or maybe just half a cup, and join us as we chat about East is East. Unfortunately, so has his dad. Lovely. Assalamu alaikum, Mr. Shah. Tariq, don't go. Maybe you'll be satisfied with just one of us getting married. Sorry about him, Mr. Shah. He's just been circumcised. What are you doing here, Abdul? It's for stag night. I'm getting married. Who too? I don't know. 
My dad hasn't bothered introducing us yet. These two? Mm. Look at you two, aren't they? Bleeding gorgeous. You're just like Romeo and Juliet. Not fair, because I love curry and all. And how old are you? Not old enough to get married, so don't ask me. <laughs> East is East, released on the 2nd of June 2000 in the USA. I believe it may have been the year before in the UK. Direct- it was, yeah, 1999, yeah. Yeah, directed by Damien O'Donnell, starring, as you mentioned earlier, Mr. Ompuri, Linda Bassett, there's Jordan Routledge, Archie Punjabi, Jimmy Mystery's in here, and i tell you who did surprise me I didn't know was in it, Ruth Jones is in this movie as well. Yeah. You've seen this a few times, mate, I'll take it. I have, yeah, but not a few years. Mm. So it's you know you you often have the case where you you remember films in a certain way, and when you come back to them, yeah, sometimes well more often than not, unfortunately, you come back to them and go, oh, that's not quite as good as I remember it to be. Occasionally, you come back and go, actually, that was better than I remember <laughs> because I'm better at actually appreciating some of its nuances. But yeah, so I haven't I've watched this maybe three times before. All right. Okay. Um, so I watched it this week, but I haven't watched it for probably about four or five years now, I come to think of it. Um, and is it one of those ones that was as good or better than you remember? It's better than I remember, better. yeah. So it's one of these ones that matures with age, by the sound. Yeah, of and I think, you know, I think my appreciation of, of films has improved um, with that as well. So it, it, uh, I'm glad that I recommended it. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm glad you recommended it to me as well because it's one of those films that's always sort of been in the background over the last sort of 15 to 20 years that Channel 4 will show it or Film 4 will show it. And I've always caught little bits of it or clips or the trailers for it, you know, promoting it, you know, it's screening. And and the things that I always remember is is the youngest son in the parker or, yes. or, or the dog or whatever because they're the bits that are always, you know, sort of like the the bits that are focused on when, whenever the movie's promoted. And I was under the impression that it was going to be this rip-roaring, almost sort of like goodness gracious me type comedy. Mm. And what we get at the beginning, we do get this marvellous, almost slapsticky type comedy, you know, with the, the storyline of the youngest son that hasn't been circumcised and, and the, the hilarity that ensues from that, you know. But then we get this really dark shift. Um, Tonally, the film is all over the place. And I wasn't prepared for that part of it. Because as I I was expecting, you know, a Channel 4 sitcom-y type humour. And what we get is, well, we'll put it this way. One thing we Brits are good at is we can find humour in the darkest of situations. You know, the grimmest environments. You know, we're very good at that black sort of humour. And what I think this is brown humour, though. It's brown humour, is indeed, Jesse. Can we say black humour anymore? <laughs> I don't know. But what we get is is two films almost, or two two tones to the film. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah, it's, I think it's, you know, not to try and sound too pretentious, but mm. you've got the the whole thing within it. You've got the, the juxtaposition of, of cultures, with the the um, the family being 
an immigrant family or second, you know, the, the kids being second generation immigrants. Yeah. So you've got that juxtaposition there, but you've also got the juxtaposition actually in the film where you've got the almost farcical comedy bits, um, like you say, with the, the circumcision thing and some of the, the, the lines coming from that comic relief um, from some of the characters. And then you've got the other darker plot points, which, you know, that are quite rightly there to emphasise um, some of the, the attitudes of the traditional generation and how it's, it's handled. And the two things, sort of bouncing between the two things, does actually... Um, create a bit of a of a bounce um in the mind when you're watching and suddenly you know the adjusting at various different points i think of from something with the smallest child um you know and his mate and you know the, the packies mm. are coming and stuff yeah he screams out and then the other element where you know it's domestic violence <laughs> yeah we're not talking nil by mouth levels here but at the same time where we've had this half an hour, 45 minutes of, of pure comedy with the occasional insight into how regimented this guy actually is, when you actually see the violence happen or the aftermath of the violence, you think, oh, you know, that's, that's a, you know, that's, that doesn't fit here. But then it does as the whole, as the whole movie progresses. You see, yeah, why it's there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, don't want to, um, that listeners to misunderstand that it, it doesn't actually, you know, it, we're not saying it doesn't actually work mm. as a film because um, it does. It, but the, it does have these changes within it of tone. Yeah. Um, rather than it being just a film that is just a drama or one that is just a, a comedy, it's, it you know it has the two elements in there sort of bouncing off each other. I mean, it starts off with a very farcical. Um, you know, almost almost traditional British fast thing, where it's almost Benny Hill in the in the fact that they're having to to run run off the parade route down some back alleys in order to <laughs> circumvent the, the father stood watching the parade, so they don't you don't get you know caught catch them uh, parading along with the Virgin Mary icon sort of thing, <laughs> and that that you know I'm surprised that Benny Hill music almost in my mind was playing over it. Yes, um, yeah. So it, you know, it starts off with that element, but. It does go through some dark territory before it comes out the the other side. I bet for you, I mean, personally, when I watch a, an old movie from the sixties or the seventies that is set, say, in London, there's that whole nostalgia thing for me. Now, this is set in Salford, and I think it's seventy one. Mm, so yeah. for you and, and Bradford, they take a trip to Bradford, which is not a million miles away from where you're sitting right now. Yeah. Is the appeal of this film, not only the humour and the drama and everything that goes with it plot-wise, is there that element of you growing up in the 70s, the 80s, and you can see those characters you know, in your life, you've, you've been part of that to a certain degree? Because I know I certainly feel it when I watch a movie that's set in London in this era. I think more so it was with, with Kez and, and things, mm. but not so much with this one, just yeah. purely because um, where I live, York, mm. um, as you say, it's not, it's only sort of 45 minute drive from Bradford and I go over there quite often for work but yeah. um they the immigrant level of immigrants in York is completely negligible I mean if we took out the Chinese students you'd you'd find it was 98 percent white and, right. and that's you know so directly on my doorstep no but mm. as I got into my teens and was more aware about the other cities around us and particularly you know Leeds Bradford and, and then as you say Manchester yeah. um Absolutely, I could. You know, there was still remnants in, in even in the nineties when I was 
traveling more around yeah that there was these you know these terraced houses like like you see there and the you know the, the immigrant communities and you know the you know the the reputation that Bradford has as soon as you go there you know it's, it's you, you smell the curry and you can see that you know so many of the shops are, are actually um Pakistani um orientated towards their their culture their foods um so there is a, a bit of that in there, but maybe not to the same extent as there was for things like Kez um, and a few other films mm. that uh, you know probably will come up in future for the North. Yeah, I certainly remember going to school with second-generation immigrants, and and we're talking well, the this the father came over in the forties, wasn't it? I think it was. Well, I think he said the thirties because I was thinking I, I, it triggered me, and I thought, wasn't that so? He came over like. Um, just before the war started so did he was he involved in the war i was thinking how how would he have not got involved yeah. in, in in the war maybe there was some subplot that was in there that, that you know it just wasn't part of the film because it wasn't necessary see i was trying but, to work um, out because there's, there's a caption at the beginning that says he was in pakistan in a certain time and then it goes 25 years later and then we jump to 1971 or whatever um, so I was thinking it was late forties after the war. I'm thinking about forty seven, but oh, right. it may have been. I it thought, may not have been. I, I thought yeah, maybe I thought they said thirty seven, but maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. he left left roundabout partition time. Yes, that makes sense. Does, you know, obviously he still has a bee in his bonnet about the Indians. Yes. Um. Yeah, <laughs> was I right in thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back and watch this film for definite. But was he married in Pakistan or has he left a wife in oh, Pakistan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, there's the repeated references to bringing over the first Mrs. Khan um, oh, in, in to, to replace the second Mrs. Khan. And, oh. and she you know, says, oh, yeah, you, you bring her over then. Yeah, and, you know, this is my house. You won't, you know, have to oh. go somewhere else with her and all this kind of stuff. And oh, she actually features as a, as a character in the um, West is West, the sequel. Um, oh, what the the first Mrs. Khan? Because I misheard yeah, that as, when yeah, you said Mrs. Yeah. Khan, I heard it as misheard it as sister for some reason. No, 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 Miss, no. Oh. Um, his his first marriage, um, which seemingly is uh, still um, <laughs> still la- still active, <laughs> as if as a, it was never a, a divorce or annulment. Um, so he, he does have effectively two wives, and um, his his English wife Ella. Um, yeah. Who's marvelously acted by uh, Linda Bassett, the star um, yeah, of the she... film, in my opinion. By the way, I think <clears throat> I think she was the outstanding character in the whole film, Ella. Well, I think the t- to be honest, I mean, the, just to veer off slightly onto that, I mean, there's mm. some you know some good performances from people. I think that the you know a number of the the actors in this do a, a decent job of what they're doing. Um, but absolutely, the you know the two strong performances in this and some of the strongest scenes of them playing against each other is on Pori and Linda Bassett who yes. just you know it's it, playing off each other and both so not not necessarily outdoing each other but both actually um using each other's fantastic performances to be you know a greater thing um together it's uh it's it's incredible really i mean the, they obviously had some kind of chemistry on set that they were able to to bounce off each other like that and and draw the best out of each other i mean they were both they, they well they um he was he was, was a fantastic actor mm-hmm. um with a, a illustrious career really um she is still acting and you know maybe not getting the credit that she deserves but she yeah. i think she is an incredible actress yeah it's, it's great that the relationship they have perfectly depicts that that culture clash. Yes, um, and 
She is dedicated to her husband. She is fully aware of his religious beliefs and his traditions. But at the same time, she tries to make him realise that these kids are second generation. They are, they are English. They're not Pakistani. And the kids consider themselves English as well, you know, um, or British, sorry. They consider themselves British. And as much as they love their father, you know, they, they, they find it difficult to rebel against his sort of harsh ideas and his harsh religious views. And it's, I think they all, do it, they all do it in a slightly different way, I think, the, the way yes. that they rebel, really. Yeah. Well, um, you've got the art and, student who's pretending to be an engineering student. Yeah. You've got the youngest kid running about in a parka, and then even when he's wearing anything sort of ceremonial or, you know, anything religious, he still has the parka over the top of it or underneath it. Yeah, underneath, uh, <laughs> yeah. So he's kind of disguising himself with the parka. It's kind yeah. of with the hood up and, and disguising that it, it, he is Asian, or at least a mixed Asian. Yeah. So there's that disguise that goes on. Yeah. Um, You've got the daughter. There's one of the... Mm. The daughter, yeah, with a you know the the skirt length at yep. school, yeah, um, and uh, curiously enough, she was like about twenty six when she played that part. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, the usual thing that you have, but um, yeah, there's there's one of the one of the the sons who just runs away. Yeah, the biggest rebel of them all that actually, elo- well, not elopes. What is it? Um, jilts his bride and arranged marriage at the altar. Um, yeah. Which and, and... Um, you know he goes off, and then there's a, a bit more of a of a minus minor plot point with that where you know the 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 element of homosexuality comes in at that point and at least implied if not actually openly said but there's i think there's a lot of these um elements where there's the what could be cliches of of culture clash Mm. um through the immigrant um second generation immigrants who are trying to keep their parents happy or at least one parent happy in this case but also be part of what they see as their English identity. There's a lot of there's a lot of cliches that could have actually fallen in there, but I think they've actually avoided most of them or, or made them told them in a, in a better way. I mean, the, the whole forced marriage thing could have been um, could have been done very lazily using the daughter. Yes, true. Um, which probably would have happened by some other writers, but that, as you say, in this they don't do that way and i think it's all the better for it they've been more imaginative and cleverer with it and and it brings more nuances to to us as far as the plot and and one thing that they don't dwell on which i thought they may have done would have been sort of like the racism elements because you've got is it jim branning from eastenders as the neighbor i can't think of the actor's name but he was jim he was doc cotton's husband i think in eastenders it's John, it'd be, it'd be into a B, I think. Is John Wilson? could be. I think it might be Wilson. Uh, but yeah. He, yeah, he's, you know, obviously an English character actor and stuff. And that, that's that's kind of in the background showing that there's the racism on the, that was a time in the early 70s when sort of the Enoch Powell Rivers of Blood speech was yeah. was bringing the right-wing extremists and the, the, the white, white supremacist type thing, races out into the fore a bit more, um, into the mainstream, and just as it's happening now. I they think that, that, is, a, that is the background bit. Yeah, they don't dwell on it. Without overplayed, because that could be the whole film. Yeah. But it isn't. It's just, it's used as, as a kicking off point, or, or at least a, a kicking a ball into um, point, when she kicks the football through the window of <laughs> where the poster of Enoch Powell is. Um, so, and, you know, the it's, it's shown elsewhere that there's actually, um, that not all of the people are like that. 
in the in their attitude towards them is that when he's um he's leaving the one of the one of the sons is leaving the factory yeah and um they're They've got a lad strung up and and tad and feathered basically because <laughs> it's his it's night before he's, he gets married yeah. and there's the chat they're saying about giving him a drink and the guy who's all trussed up and and and, <laughs> and everything turns around and says oh no I'll leave him you know he doesn't drink and the rest of them go yeah all right then and they're 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 just they sort of accept him even though they're trying to oh, drop because yeah. that that trying to give him a drink wasn't trying to didn't come across in a way as them trying to overrule his culture and try to make him ashamed of his culture. It was more that they were trying to include him. Yeah, this is the bit that I liked across. because yeah. they could have quite easily, as you say, have, have, have dwelled on the on the division side of things. But then when you see, they, they, they called him Gunga Din or whatever it may have been, but that was in a more of a every mate's got a nickname sort of thing. It wasn't, you know, derogatory in any sense. Well, it's within the family because they call one of the sons, the, the, the other sons call him Gandhi. Yeah, so it's, it's, all, yeah. it's all part of it, isn't it? He said, I'm yeah, not marrying yeah. a Paki, and he's, he's Pakistani himself, or, you know, second generation. But also, when you've got the, the racist neighbour, the, the grandson has fully integrated in with his, with his Pakistani neighbours because he's learned part of the language and he greets them in their own language. And, you know, he's, he's got a crush on the daughter. Um, yeah. which I think is brilliant. You know, this, this young little ginger kid that's probably about eight or nine years old and he's got a crush on the 16-year-old Pakistani neighbour. Um, yeah. It's little things like that that I just thought, it's, it's a magical film, but at the same time, as I say, there's this very dark element. The, the man is a wife beater and he actually holds a knife up to his son's throat at one point as well. You know? yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, I loved it. For a first-time watch, I was absolutely bowled over by it, mate. It's got lots of these clever little nuances in it that a mean that you can actually watch it again, I think, and there's things that you didn't notice before. So that's incredibly helpful. Yeah. Um, to for it to stand the test of time. But it, it's it doesn't dwell on cliches. It doesn't dwell on what you would expect it to. It, it bouncing around a bit more uh, means that it's drawing in enough different elements to not be a single issue film but it keeps them all together as one plot quite cleverly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and I, I think it just works incredibly well. You can tell it's based upon a play, a stage play, by the, the limited number of locations in which it's it's filmed. You know, there's the house, there's um, George's English Chippy, yes. um, there's, you know, the 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 house in, in Bradistan, where they, uh, they they end up and and the street <laughs> outside and the, the, there's very few other places where it's actually you know shot and the, it's very much the dialogue and the interaction between the characters is the focus rather than it being sort of big set pieces with any you know it, it wouldn't have explosions or car chases obviously no. not in some of the vehicles they're driving around in definitely not but um but it's it just ties it all together incredibly well. It's been very well written in the first place as a stage play. Yeah. Continues to be performed out there as a stage play. I think there was one recently, um, a West End production of it, um, not so long ago, within the last couple of years, which mm. had Jane Horrocks as the um, playing the mother. Yes, that's at the um, Trafalgar Theatre, just around the corner from where I work. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So I mean, that's you know, um, it, it's still. It's still being performed as a stage play, even though it's been done as a film. And it's it's now they're now they're referencing the the love and the um, critical acclaim for the film as a selling point for the actual play. Yeah. So yeah. which shows you know how faithful it is 
and also about what the the impact of the film was at, at the time because it was you know it did win quite a few awards I seem to I think it won a BAFTA yeah won a BAFTA for something I can't remember what it yeah, was yeah. it definitely won something but you're right in saying because of its its play background because of its roots it is a perfect sort of character study but because there are so many characters I would have loved to have had a little bit more development of some of them you know I would have loved to have seen what actually happened more to the guy that eloped to Eccles or a yeah. little bit more of of the Casanova story, you know, the the, the Casanova son, he, his sort of story. Um, it, it, this would have made a great sitcom, one of those sitcoms. Well, like well yeah, I was just going to say, thing. you know, I'm surprised, if you know, if it was done now, I would expect it to uh, end up with a, a spin-off yeah. as, a, as a TV series, yeah. um, probably with different actors because that's how these things go. Yeah. But um, I'm surprised that they, that's not something that they ever did. Um, maybe at the time it there was less... It was less common to do that maybe at the time. Yeah. Um, it was more often um, traditionally in, in Britain we traditionally go the other way, don't we? We have we have the Polish TV series <laughs> or on true. the buses, and then we make a film version yeah. rather than make a TV series from a. You know, I think that was more something that started over in the United States, which yes. has, has has crept in slowly o- over here. But um, yeah, absolutely, there was there was a lot more to be making of these characters mm. to yeah. actually um, and to explore their stories, which could have been done. Um, in further films or in a in sitcom, probably or at least a, a TV series that was a mixture of comedy and, and drama, could have well been done. And mm. you know, sadly missed opportunity with that. But um, picked... place mm. more than enough. Yeah, I picture something like Shameless, that sort of tone, that sort of fifty oh, yeah. minute, you know, rather yeah. than half hour, you know, BBC One comedy type things, but something that is like those comedy dramas that are a little bit more extended. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we do Good get shout. to we do get to see a bit more of their future. You you've you've seen Westies West, I take it. I've I've watched part of Westies West. Yeah. Um, I I went on um, during the last week. I went on um, to watch the trailer for East is East because mm. you know. So I'm a bit more aware of the, what's just been played to the listeners. Yeah. Um, and there was um, in the list when I put in East Disease, there was actually a list on YouTube for West is West. And I thought, oh, I'll watch the trailer for that as well, just <laughs> so I can maybe make a comment. And so I clicked on it. And a couple of minutes in, I was thinking, this is a really long trailer without a lot of the highlights you expect from a, a trailer. And then I l- realized it was actually the full film. So I've seen the first, I don't know, maybe four minutes of it. Oh right, okay. I thought you'd um, seen it before, but I, but, mm. but I haven't seen the I haven't seen the entire um, entire thing. I did then subsequently find the actual trailer for West is West, and yep. um, it you know obviously it, it looks a lot better than the um, the opening <laughs> scene scene of of the actual full film because it shows you a bit more. Um, it doesn't look like it it uh, is the same level as right. East is East, but it looks like it's got it might have enough in there to still make it worth worth a watch um at some point so i will be going back and giving it a go yeah um whether it's whether it achieves a good enough level for me to ever bring it back uh, on the table here considering all the rest of the things we've got um mm. it, that might might not be the case but um i'm gonna give it a go based on easter's age because you know if there's if it's even half as good then it's it's worth my time yeah i just hope it's not some horrifically sort of like fast written cash in you know that's been oh no no it was done no it was done ages after ah right so they're all a little bit older you know well the the only that none of the um 
there's not really any of the kids. Um, I think Jimmy Mystery makes a, a a brief cameo in it for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, Linda Bassett, she appears at the beginning, and then um, later on, she she appears in the film more. But it's it's mainly focused on the um, the father on Puri and the the youngest son. Oh, um, okay. It's a, it's it's about you know that that he's now um, like a sixteen year old. Yeah. And he's full, you know, feels fully English, even yeah. though his school companions bully him for not being. And um, he's, he's so, so entrenched on not being um, Pakistani and not knowing anything about Pakistan, not knowing their language, not even knowing where it is on a map and stuff, <laughs> that his father sort of breaks suddenly and, and sort of, right, I'm going to take you back to Pakistan. Ah. And so it's, it's the culture. Um, the culture comparison in the other direction of him actually as a as as a basically a westernized um asian having to actually get to grips with what his own culture is you know home culture is like so it explores it in a different way whether you know whether there's enough material there in the same way and whether it's as whether it's as easy for us to identify with that's probably where it, it it lacks slightly but as I say, that's where the focus is on those characters, whereas the other characters, I don't think really they're in it as as much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I just quickly checked on IMDb. It's set four or five years later, and it was May two thousand ten. So it's a good eleven years after the original was yeah. made. So yeah, I'm going to give that a go. I will certainly have a look. Um, in summary, for a first time watch for me, I loved it, mate. I didn't watched the trailer beforehand i only knew from sort of snippets that i may have seen on tv over the previous you know 10 20 years or whatever it's been on film four or channel four and i was expecting something a little bit different but what i got was was pleasantly surprising what, what i was expecting to be more of a a knockabout sitcommy type humor movie i ended up with a very mature comedy with you know touching some very dark subjects and very serious sort of political and family and cultural issues. And I'm, I'm going to be watching this again very soon, mate, just to pick up on some of the bits I did miss, you know, some because some of the language is so fast and the, the comments are being thrown backwards and forwards. I think I miss some of the subtle, subtle bits of the humour as well. Um, so it definitely needs a second watch for me very, very soon. Well, on on the language front, I don't know if it was um, a bit sort of a juxtaposition for you that they, you know, <laughs> particularly the family from from Bradford, mm. um, they're, they're, uh, but the kids as well, they're they're very much talking English as as Northern English <laughs> yeah. people, yeah. Um, and so I mean I'm used to that that you've got some elderly. Um, elderly-looking Muslim gentleman dressed in, in more traditional garb and stuff, and he opens his mouth to speak English, and it's mm. broad Yorkshire. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm used to that, but I think that might be a bit of a, a an eye-opener for some some people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's a, a genuinely funny film, despite the, the dark points it, it dips into. Um, and, it, you know, it does deal with themes of race and religion, sex, domestic violence and, and a bit of homosexuality and circumcision. Um, what more not, could that you ask not that those two things are necessarily linked, but um, <laughs> everything but, you want in a movie. <laughs> yeah, everything everything you'd want in a in a movie, including Enoch, Enoch Powell. But um, yeah, I think it's it's um it's a great snapshot. 
of like the 1970s in England, particularly mm. uh, with immigrant um, immigrant Britain and the, the experience of of the second generation immigrants. Um, and you know, I think it it has a part in in telling telling the story of Britain and being part of the the British filmmaking um, tradition yeah. and history because it does it does sort of tell that that it's not all about um you know period dramas and or, or gangsters no, in london no. and there's, there's more to it than that and i mean it you know it, it definitely stamps its um stamps its its claim to being a british film even if it's just from the fact that it ends with um a scene where they're having a cup of tea although <laughs> one of them's only having half a cup half a cup yeah <laughs> <laughs> well thank god for for sort of outlets like film four that Provided the finance to make movies like this through the eighties and the nineties, you know, because mm-hmm. that's that's a golden age of British movie making for me. Everybody talks about you know the old um, sort of like the John Mills type era, you know, the forties, the fifties, and things like that. But for me, there's some great stuff that we're going to definitely go and take a look at throughout that yeah. whole uh, nineteen eighty-two yeah. onwards. Yeah. Um, I think that the the film for um, I mean this was as I say I think it was co-production with Film Four and BBC but yeah. um, Film Four absolutely you you're perfectly right mm. that that put a lot of financing into British film um, at that time and yeah. produced you know not universally great films there was some that were were, were dross but there was some there was some incredible films oh, that yeah. came out of that which obviously the budgets were quite tight on and and stuff but. It was springboard for a lot of great actors' um, careers as well. Definitely. But the stories yeah. that were told and the t- and the place in English cinema that that occupied for that time, I think most of the best films of British cinema were coming from film for at that time. So good shout, absolutely. Yeah, and, and a good shout from yourself, sir, for recommending that this week. I absolutely loved it. It's bloody good, you Blood, bastard. Bloody good, you bastard. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with what... You and I will be um, reviewing next time we meet up, sir. Fabulous. Okay, Stephen, next time we meet, I'm sort of aware that the last couple of reviews that we've looked at have been... On the lighter side, you know, we've had Theatre of Blood, which was a bit of a campy horror comedy. East of East definitely hits the funny bone on several occasions. So we're going back to Kez territory, are we? Well, it's, it's yeah, it's very, it's a drama. Let's call it a drama. We're going back to 1956 as well, so we're going back a few years. Featuring a lady who we mentioned the last time we were together, but this is going to be one of her earlier performances, the lovely and the fabulous Diana Dawes. Oh, lovely. Right, now, obviously in Theatre of Blood, we saw the older Diana Dawes in that sort of movie that she then became more known for throughout the 70s. We're going for one of her very first ones that also proved that she wasn't just Marilyn Monroe. She wasn't Britain's answer to Marilyn Monroe. She did actually have... Some very fine acting ability. And to be honest, throughout this movie, she doesn't wear any makeup at all because she's in prison for most of it. It's going to be Yield to the Night from 1956. Well, I uh, I know of it, but I've never watched it. Yeah. So this will be a first-time watch for me. Um, and um, 
I'm expecting to to find it to be a, a good experience. Mm. Um, so I haven't seen it myself for a little while. Um, sort of based on the Ruth Ellis story, the last woman to be hanged in the UK. It's that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, if you can't find it anywhere, it's also known as Blonde Sinner, which I think was the American title. So certainly worth watching. Yvonne Mitchell, Michael Craig's in it, directed by J. Lee Thompson who I think we've come across previously on Real Britannia. Let's have a look. I think it was 12 Angry Men, wasn't he, J. Lee Thompson? Let's have a look. Oh, no, J. Lee Thompson, Guns of Navarone. Oh, right. Tiger Bay. Yeah, a couple of, couple of movies. A couple of movies that he's quite famous. A couple of the Planet of the Apes movies, believe it or not, as well. Um, that'd be interesting. Okay, so it'll be Yield to the Night will be our next next review, next time we meet up. Stephen, thank you very much again. Right, thank you. Very no, my much. pleasure. Um, I'm off for a cup of tea, or even half a cup, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and looking forward to seeing you next time, mate. Thank you very much, mate. See you then. Cheers, buddy. Tada. Bon voyage. Good luck. Thank you. Hand up, sir.